It's Monday, Chaf Bet, Adar Bet, Tavshin Ayin Dalit. We're coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you. 
Yell at Palm with their tribute to Pugi. Welcome to the Israel Show, this week's edition. My name is Mayor Weingart, and we're on the Nachum Siegel Network here live every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, 9 AM Eastern, usually 4 PM uh, Israel time. This week it's 3 p.m. Israel time for the last time this round to go around. Israel's going to be changing the clock to daylight savings time this coming Thursday night. And then we go back to a seven-hour difference. Um, we have some great new music from Udi Davidi today. We have a lot of great nostalgic music. We have an um, interview with uh, Ben Shapiro. You will love this guy. I, I, I really think you will be very impressed with him. Um, and we have a uh, Hasbara highlight. Uh, this was cute, uncoordinated, but Nachum had him on, and now we have a uh, Hasbara highlight featuring Danny Ayalon. Um, you can, of course, listen to us via podcasts and uh, on the stream on demand via the NachumSiegel.com website. You can reach me, Mayor, at NachumSiegel.com, M-E-I-R, at NachumSiegel, N-A-C-H-U-M-S-E-G-A-L.com. Email or our Facebook page, which has now hit 206 likes. Hooray! We broke the 205 barrier. We keep breaking barriers, as if there are real barriers out there. Uh, we thank our latest likers, Howard Chaim and Judy D, and we encourage you to continue to uh, get your friends to like the page. You can like it once, but you can get your friends to like it and um, keep those numbers growing. Udi Davidi is a very, very popular... Uh, what would we say, artist, I guess is the right word. In Israel, he composes, he writes, and he sings, he plays, does it all. He uh, has released, I believe it's his sixth album, it's called Mechakel Sheket. We're going to debut two songs, the first one now is called Panas Echad Barachov. And it's a song about hope. It's a song about those that say, yes, we can, against all the naysayers who say, no, you can't. Um, and I think mainly it's a song, I believe at least, it seems to be a song about those who said, yes, we can go to Eretz Israel against all the odds, we can build a home in Eretz Israel against all the odds, and we do so by um, collecting all the hopes, the, the little raindrops of hope. Zela esof geshem shel tikvot. Very beautiful stuff. I uh, think you'll enjoy it. Uri Davidi off of his new album, debuting here on The Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Shall 
I love it. I just took a liking to that immediately. Here's the refrain. There's always one against all the naysayers out there. There's always one who will say. It doesn't have to be the way everybody thinks it will be. On a dark night, that person is the one street lamp that is lit along the road. Love it. Uri Davidi off of the album. The name of the album is Michake La Sheket. We'll have uh, one more from uh, that album a little later in the show. And going from a new song and a new release, how about a new release of an old song? A cover of uh, an old song that was sung by Eric Einstein, Café Turki, goes back a long way, was uh, covered and re-released by Avi Leibovich and Orchestra. This is off of a live performance. Um was a fundraiser done in 2011. It was just released. And um, cool song. Café Turki, great uh, performance piece by Avi Leibovich and Orchestra. And we'll follow that with our Ben Shapiro uh, interview. Lots of great music coming up as well. Just want to point out to those of you who might be planning a trip to Israel and uh, are not American citizens, need some sort of something from the Israeli consulate. Uh, News reports out of Israel are that the foreign ministry is on strike, the foreign ministry of the state of Israel. Total strike around the world. 
which means uh, usually that consular services are also not available. So if you need the Israeli consulate, please note that you should check with them before you uh, get out there, uh, before you try to go. Give them a call. Um, we posted the Udi Davidi uh, song, the link to that song on our Facebook page, as we continue to do with uh, many of the songs that we continue to play here on The Israel Show. Here it is, Cafe Turki. My name is Bear Wanger, and you're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network. Tiach <laughs> Oh, 
I recently became aware of Ben Shapiro as I was watching Fox News. They were reporting on a BDS proposal that was being discussed at UCLA and uh, a clip of Ben Shapiro coming and defending Israel against the BDS proposal was shown. And wow, did that blow me away. So articulate, so well-spoken, excellent. I said, who is this guy, Ben Shapiro? And then as he's speaking on Fox News, I notice he's wearing a kippah. Yes, he was wearing a yarmulke. And that made me even more curious. I go online, I look him up, and he is a fascinating, fascinating individual. He's a nationally syndicated columnist, he has a very popular daily morning show on radio station KRLA 870 in Los Angeles. He's written five books, including Brainwashed, How Universities Indoctrinate America's Youth. And he's all of 30 years old. He's a graduate of Eula Yeshiva University High School in LA. He has a BA in political science from UCLA, and he graduated Harvard Law School in June of 2007. We'll hear his uh, just under two-minute presentation at UCLA, and then Ben Shapiro will join us here on The Israel Show. I got out of bed and left my uh, one-month-old baby there when I saw what was going on here tonight. I've never been more ashamed to be a Bruin. I've never been more ashamed to be an alumnus of this university than to see this divestment petition being considered at this level. To pretend that this is about occupation, to pretend this is about peace, to pretend this is about anything but vile and despicable Jew hatred is a lie. There's only one reason we are discussing Israel and not discussing Saudi Arabia. There's only one reason we are discussing Israel and not discussing Iran. There's only one reason we are discussing Israel and not discussing Palestine. There's only one reason we are discussing Israel and not discussing the vast bevy of human rights violations that happen every day in the Middle East, exponentially worse than what happens in Israel. Exponentially worse than what happens every day in Israel. Every person of liberal bent who suggests that Israel is the problem in the Middle East seems to have forgotten that there is only one country in the Middle East that actually has any sort of religious diversity in it. The countries that are apartheid countries are those that are Judenrein, like, for example, Palestine. So for us to sit here and pretend that Israel is somehow on a lower moral plane is a direct manifestation of anti-Semitism. To hold Jews to represents nothing but an age-old and historic hatred for the Jewish people. And all the folks here who are pretending that BDS is about anything other than that, I would like to see a poll of those folks and see how many of them actually believe in the existence of a Jewish state, quad-Jewish state. Not as a state like any other, but as a Jewish state. They don't. They don't acknowledge that existence. They don't believe in that existence. They don't believe in peace. All this is about, pure and simple, Ben Shapiro, welcome to the Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network. Thank you so much for joining us and giving us some of your time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So the clip that we just heard off of the YouTube video, which is really uh, taking off close to 150,000 hits, is you speaking in front of a student group at UCLA. They're considering a BDS resolution, all part of the uh, bogus Israel Apartheid Week that we've spoken about on the uh, Israel show previously. The motion was defeated. Was uh, this in part to due to your efforts? Were there other efforts going on at the same time to defeat this motion at UCLA? Uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't the only person who spoke. There are, there are dozens of people who spoke. But, you know, the, the, the good news was that uh, as far as that particular speech goes, I did get a note later from a student who said that, 
he'd spoke with at least one person on the student council who said that they had been considering very seriously considering voting in favor of divestment uh, and then had uh, turned around and decided not to do it thanks to the speech. So that was, that was gratifying. That's great. Is, uh, are, we, are we losing the battle on the campuses uh, throughout America, Israel, or are we, are we gaining momentum? Uh, I, yeah, you know, I think we're losing. I think we've been losing for a long time. I think that we're losing because we have not taught our own kids, people in our own community, why exactly they should support Israel, and more importantly, why they should oppose efforts that, that come in the guise of bettering Israel. See, this is where the left has done such a wonderful job at slandering Israel. It's not just about, you know, Israel is bad. It's, it's that Israel has so many ways in which it could be better. And if you, if you, if you don't think that, it's because you're, you're, you know, biased in favor of Israel, and because it, you know, Israel can always do better. So why are you standing against Israel doing better? And the, the truth is that the uh, the opposition spends all of its time on the offense. We spend all of our time on the defense, and that's why we lose. The the reason that I spoke the way I did was because it's the, the, is Israel a perfect country? No. Is any country perfect? Of course not. But that's not the point. The point is that Israel is so far and away better than any other country, not only in the Middle East but virtually every other country on the face of the planet. Why exactly are we even talking about Israel? I mean, to, to single Israel out as the purest form of anti-Semitism and single it out in this sort of perfectionist way and then pretend that it really is just, you know, about what's best for Israel is a bunch of nonsense. Right. We're speaking to Ben Shapiro on the Israel Show. When I was growing up, and even today, you speak to uh, Israel advocates and people in the uh, establishment, they say, look, the facts are on, our, are on our side and ultimately the truth wins. And then when I hear what's going on on campuses and I, and I hear people discussing this with students out there, and these are students that you would assume have some, some brain power if they're on the university campus in the first place, they have a functioning brain, you would hope. And if they would take a, a look at the facts, just the facts, Israel's argument should speak for itself, and yet it doesn't. Why is that? Because they're making character arguments and we're making factual arguments. Character arguments will always be factual arguments. The question is not whether Israel is a good country. The question is not whether Israel does good things for the economy or whether it does good things for human rights. All that matters is that in every morality play, there's a hero and there's a villain. And the left has made Israel out to be the villain. And, and the, the uh, pro-Arabists have made Israel out to be the villain, which means that by necessity uh, they are the heroes of their own little morality play. Israel refuses to play by those same rules, keeps talking about you know, the facts and the evidence, that, that that's completely unimportant when it comes to this debate. The only thing that matters is sentiment. And, and, and unless Israel starts arguing in sentimental terms about what it means to be what it is, where it is, and, and more importantly, who the opposition is, Israel's going to continue to lose the balance of public opinion. Is this, is this another form of uh, what we learned in history of Hitler's big lie? Is this a, a, another format that it takes? Just keep repeating oh, over and I mean, over? It, 100%. But it, and what they do is they, they wrap a, a grain of truth in big lie, which is Israel's not a perfect country. Now, let's do everything that we can to put pressure on Israel. Of course, Israel's not a perfect country, but that's not really the question. Nobody's perfect. The question is why Israel is being singled out among all of the countries in the region, including countries that routinely violate human rights in really egregious, horrible, and evil ways. And the only answer there is anti-Semitism. But to selective, you know, selective prosecution is a real form of evil in the world. And, uh, and selectively prosecuting the Jews just because they happen to be Jews is really uh, despicable. I'm, I wonder, do you get an opportunity to speak with students and ask them questions like, do you realize that 150,000 people were killed by Syria of their own people within the last year and a half? Do you realize what laws are on the books in Saudi Arabia? Are they aware of it? Are they not aware of it? If they it's are not a matter aware of awareness. It, does, matter of, it, does it matter it, to it's them? Not a matter of, you know, it's not a matter of awareness. It really is not. When it comes to 
you know, making people aware of what's going on in Syria. That's not really the question. The, the big question is why exactly, you know, it is that uh, why exactly it is that there's no moral opprobrium attached to unawareness. I mean, what we really should not it, it's not enough to just say 150,000 people got killed in Syria. What we what we should be saying is how dare you be looking at me when you're the one who's ignoring 150,000 people killed in Syria in order to criticize the Jewish state. What you're saying, if I understand it, is the system, the methods that we've been using until now in pro-Israel advocacy can't work. We need to take a totally different strategy, one of uh, an emotional attachment and so forth. How do we go about doing that? Is there a chance that it's, that we're going to be able to, to accomplish that? I mean, I think that the easiest way to do it is to, is to be evidence-based but, but emotion-laid. And what I mean by that is that it has to be morality-based. Um, you know, there is a moral case for Israel, but it really requires you to, to call out the enemy for, for who they are. Even Netanyahu is actually very good at this. I mean, during his APAC speech, he came out and he talked about how, you know, Israel was in a region where there was a lot of really evil people. But he started off by defending Israel. You never start with defense. You always start with offense. In other words, what you say is, how dare any of these people attack Israel when they're out there, you know, ignoring the, the human rights violations on a regular basis of the people on the other side? How dare they? And if you're one of those people, you're an anti-Semite. If you're one of those people, you're a Jew hater. And, and everything has to be laced with the language of morality. It's not enough to simply claim that Israel is a better place than all of its neighbors, which, of course, is true. You have to make people feel the moral onus of what it means to ignore all of those places while focusing on Israel, because the truth is that people who do do that are evil. I mean, if, you, if, if you're somebody who was you know, criticizing the uh, criticizing the activities of the, of the um Warsaw ghetto fighters because you thought that they were inhumane while ignoring exactly who it was that they were facing on the other side. That would make you a morally evil person. And and it's it's just that same sort of Jew hatred and moral evil that we're seeing with regard to Israel in the Middle East. If you are if you are ignoring all of Israel's enemies in order to focus on Israel, it just demonstrates where you are morally as a human being and you should have to own that. Yeah, we're speaking with Ben Shapiro on the Israel show on the Nachum Siegel Network. You know, as you're saying it, I'm thinking to myself, why don't we do that? Why don't we come out with offense rather than defense. And I'm thinking to myself, I have a feeling, I wonder if you agree with this, that after 2,000 years of our history, we've been so battered that we're not used to being on the offense. We're, we're sort of like, it's in our psyche, we're happy if we get away with good defense. I mean, do, you, do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I do think that the Jew, Jewish community has a ghetto mentality. We've been taught to stand up loud and proud for Israel means to be targeted. And sometimes it's easier just to sit down and shut up and and accept the criticism that other people have for you. And that, that really is a self, not only self-defeating, but uh, it contributes to the, to the level, uh, I believe, of Jew hatred around the world. I think that if you're silent in the face of this sort of stuff, then, then you are enabling it. And it's, and I'm, I'm really sick of watching, you know, Jewish organizations, whether they're Jewish organizations, uh, Jewish organizations, you know, do this routine where they act as though um, they, they can completely ignore the moral fight and, uh, and somehow get away with it. Amen to that. Ben Shapiro, thank you so much for joining us on the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
yeti kan gavo habe adras. Hava kan wonderful et has fama liche bos. Atis me ipokarla, atis me igam tiki. Arime kim kibots, shall be tickets me ipis. This goes back a long way. Off of the album I Like Mike, <clears throat> that was Mike Borstein and Company with Lechaye Ha'am Hazeh. Salute to this nation, this great nation, the people of Israel, and uh, thought that was appropriate after the uh, Ben Shapiro interview. <clears throat> we uh, posted his website. It's BenjaminShapiro.com on our Facebook page, and we had previously posted the link to his uh, two-minute 
presentation at UCLA, which was uh, which sparked this whole uh, interest in Ben Shapiro. If you don't have access to Facebook, we encourage you to take a look at it. You can just go on to Google, type in Ben Shapiro, S-H-A-P-I-R-O, Ben Shapiro, UCLA. That's it. It'll come up right away. It'll be the first thing on your Google search, I believe, although Google doesn't always search exactly the same way in every place and on every time. Um, my name is Mayor Wangat, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. We're coming to you live, as we do every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM. But you can listen to us whenever you'd like to and wherever you are via our podcasts, which are available on iTunes, via the app, the free Nachum Siegel Network app, which is available on iTunes and for Android as well. And, of course, you can just listen on demand. Go to NachumSiegel.com, click on the shows. Scroll down through the many different shows, and you'll find the Israel Show. You can listen to all the various Israel Show editions. I don't know why you'd want to listen to them all at one time. But then again, I'm not going to argue with you if you do. Um, an Eric Einstein classic. Habalada al Yoel Moshe Salomon. It's the story of the founding of Rehovot. And um, still to come... We'll debut another song from Udi Davidi's new album. We have Dani Ayalon with the uh, presentation, The Truth About the UN, and more great Israeli music from Yonatan Razel and many more. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs> Tampere <laughs>
Eric Einstein. I think I did. I say it was the founding of Rehovot. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. That's not true. It, the song is about the founding of the city of Petah Tikva by Yoel Moshe Solomon and uh, his uh, group of pioneers. By the way, they were all Haredi Jews um, of the Yishuv Hayashan who broke out of Yerushalayim and decided to uh, start a new Yishuv, which they called Petah Tikva. Um, and if we're speaking about pioneers and Israel, and new beginnings, how can we not speak about Nefesh Benefesh? They are an amazing, amazing organization, started by two pioneers, Rabbi Fess and Tony Gelbart, Rabbi Yehoshua Fess, and it's, it's hard to uh, overestimate. One cannot overestimate what they have done for Aliyah. I really think, I always say this, they've made Aliyah an in thing. They've made it cool. They've made it exciting. But not only that, they, they provide real help. They are there for potential olim with employment resources, with uh, community-based guidance, support, and financial aid, need-based financial aid, and that helps make each individual's aliyah as successful as possible. You want to check out their website, www.nbn.org.il. Take a look at what they are uh, offering. The information that they offer is amazing. And, of course, we always encourage you to, 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 to get excited about Aliyah and take a look at uh, one of the many ceremonies for New Olim that... Um, that they have when the plane load, the chartered plane, El Al plane load of Olim makes its arrival to Israel. The Israel Show is sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh. We are proud to be sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh. They are revolutionizing Aliyah. Uh, back to the music. Udi Davidi, off of his new album that just released, Mechakela Sheket. This is another debut. This song is called Yom Echad. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network. Yom echad ulay nilmad, lo 
just released we're debuting uh, the second song today that was Yom Echad here on the Israel Show my name is Mayor Wangart and you're tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network well I didn't realize it when I uh, planned to feature Danny Ayalon and his uh, latest YouTube video on our Hasbara highlights these are uh, compelling arguments for Israel in less than five minutes this one's called the truth about the UN and little did I know that Nachum Siegel would be having Dani Ayalon as a guest on Jamie and AM earlier this morning. Dovetailed nicely. Dani Ayalon is an Israeli diplomat and politician. He served as Deputy Foreign Minister, member of Knesset for Israel Beitenu. He was also the Israeli ambassador to the United States from 2002 until 2006. And this is one of several videos that he has produced the truth about. Um, trying to help get the real message 
of truth and facts about Israel out into the world. We're presenting the audio here. The video clip, of course, is on YouTube. You can do a search for Donny Ayalon, The Truth About the UN. We've also pasted, uh, pasted, posted it on our Facebook page. We pasted it, too, on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash The Israel Show. Here it is. If aliens ever took over the UN and read their archives, they would surely conclude that Israel is the most evil country on planet Earth. North Korea and Pakistan would be seen as good vacation spots. Am I exaggerating? Let's take a look at some facts about the UN. There are 193 members in the UN. Less than half of them are free countries. Many of them are perpetrators of the worst crimes of our time. So how is it that while hundreds of thousands are being detained and victimized in North Korea, Christians are persecuted in Iraq, women are subjugated in Saudi Arabia, homosexuals are executed in Iran, and civilians, including thousands of children, are gassed to death in Syria? How is it that 85% of the resolutions against countries passed in the UN General Assembly are against Israel, the only real democracy in the Middle East with equal rights, an independent judicial system, and a vibrant free press? Let's start from the beginning. In 1945, after World War II, the nations who defeated fascism established the United Nations to prevent such human devastations from ever happening again. The UN's charter called for reaffirming human rights and equal rights to all men, women, and nations. But over the years, many new states became members. Only a few were democracies. Human rights and equality were pushed to the sidelines in favor of political interests. From the get-go, Israel was at a disadvantage. Muslim and Arab member states outnumbered it and tried to isolate it by threatening Israel's allies with embargoes. And if that weren't enough, Arab, Muslim, and third world non-aligned countries united into a powerful voting bloc with an automatic majority. Their shared goal was to discredit the U.S. and delegitimize Israel. As it has been famously noted, this voting bloc could pass a resolution that the world is flat and that Israel flattened it. The same bloc prevents actions against oppressive regimes since many of them are oppressive regimes. Now, after understanding how the UN is structured, it shouldn't surprise you that Iran, the oppressive regime developing nuclear weapons in breach of international agreements, was appointed a member of the United Nations Nuclear Disarmament Committee. This is a country that has threatened to destroy a fellow UN member, Israel. If that isn't enough irony for you, wait. This theater of the absurd reached a climax in the UN Commission on Human Rights, which was run for decades by an overwhelming majority of non-democratic, abuse-ridden countries. In 2003, it was even chaired by Libya under Gaddafi. That's right. This righteous individual was telling us how to make the world a better place. This commission repeatedly condemned Israel, but refused to condemn systematic torture and abuse in over 80 countries, including Sudan, for the massacre of 300,000 citizens in Darfur. At this point, even the UN Secretary General realized something was fundamentally wrong. 
But the Human Rights Council, which replaced the Commission, still includes many countries that fail to meet even the most minimal standards of a free democracy. They have placed Israel on its permanent human rights agenda. Israel, which has equal rights for all its citizens, minority rights, civil liberties, and a growing population of Jews, Christians, and Muslims. I served in the UN from 1993 to 1997 and saw firsthand the hypocrisy and cynicism of the political interests that have taken over the United Nations. I have watched dictators applauded, murder and terrorism ignored, and human rights turned into a travesty. After understanding how the UN really operates, perhaps the idea of aliens taking over doesn't sound that bad. Danny Ayalon with that presentation. I love it. It is so good. I love this line that he has. Excuse me. The United Nations could pass a resolution that the world is flat and that Israel flattened it. Oh, is that a great line? I love it. Oh, wow. He does a great job. And um, he has a new website. You can uh, you can get to it via the link that we posted now, A new The Truth About Israel, uh, which is um, – has produced several videos already. They're very good, very factual. Five minutes or less, present the case for Israel against all the junk that's out there. Of course, earlier in the show, we had an interview with Ben Shapiro. If you missed it, go back to the archives. It was very good. And his point was, it's not just about the facts. Very interesting point. His point was, you have to create a narrative in which there is a guilty party, a bad, is a moral play, and um, what did he say? Facts-based and morality-laced, in which you say, how dare you accuse Israel of such and such when look at what is happening in the other countries uh, in the region and uh, create the bad man because the left has created Israel as the bad person in this, uh, in this uh, narrative. My name is Mayor Wangen. You're tuned to The Israel Show. We're going to end things off. We're going to close things out this week with uh, Yonatan Razel and his Doror crop from the album Sachakol. Before we do that, we will thank lots of different people. We thank you and you and you so much for listening. Thanks for all your Facebook likes, your comments, your emails. You can email us at mayor, M-E-I-R, at nachumsegel.com. Mayor, M-E-I-R, at nachumsegel, N-A-C-H-U-M-S-E-G-A-L. Dot com. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. They are always terrific. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Stay tuned for Tech Talk with Aryeh Lightstone on the stream, immediately following the Israel Show. And then keep it tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network all day for great Music Monday mix. Until next Monday, following JM in the AM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. Shabbat Shalom.
شبون خوبه آن شبت شبون